0: It's Wednesday, May 2nd, 2018. I'm Herbie Newell and this is The Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we have a first for The Defender Podcast. You have heard Dr. Rick many times on the podcast, either hosting it or doing a Bible study or doing one of the extended podcast extras, but actually Dr. Rick and I have never done a podcast together. And so Dr. Rick is here, Dr. Rick Morton. You all know him as the author of Orphanology and No Orphans. He is truly a, a great human being, a great believer, and a, and a trusted friend and confidant. And I love this brother, and one of the things I love doing is serving with him, and he has a heart for the local church. One of his many roles through Lifeline as the vice president of engagement is to engage with local churches. And our mission statement is to equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. And while certainly that's individual members of the body of Christ, that's also collectively local churches. And we have a great opportunity to partner with the local church. And so first, before we even get into practical ways that folks can get their churches engaged, can get their Maybe pastors can start to get their churches engaged and equipped with Lifeline. Talk first about your heart for the local church and why you think it's so important, Doctor Rick, for us to engage and equip bodies of Christ.
1: First of all, Herbie, let me just say thanks, and uh, it's, it's an interesting thing being on this side of the microphone. So, um, but really, it's, you know, part of the draw even to be a part of the team here at Lifeline is um, is what I've what I've observed um, from the outside of this ministry. F- with regard to the heart for the local church and um, really a, what we would say in kind of seminary terms, a a right ecclesiology, a right view of, of the church theologically. And, and, and we, we just believe that um, that the scriptures teach that this ministry is to be carried forward by the local church. It's not the state's responsibility. It's not the responsibility of any other entity in society, but God has given to his people um the, the the mandate to care for vulnerable children and to put his character on display in in the way that we do that and so we we are in a really complex situation today because the state is involved um, but the state really truly is involved because the church became uninvolved mm-hmm. in places um and and so we um you know w- what we do takes a lot more um, a lot more effort takes a lot more expertise there's a lot more you know, legal wrangling than sometimes we might, you know, might want. But the, but the truth is that, that this never has not been the, the work of the church. And, and so as a ministry, we want to be the kind of, of ministry that comes alongside local churches and, and makes this possible. In a culture where you have to have social workers with licenses and you have to fulfill state policies and, and, and in a way where, where we don't have complete control over the environment anymore. Um, but we want to do that with, with excellence and we want to do that in a way that has integrity. And, and so, but it gives us a way to still be able to live out um, the, you know, the biblical call.
0: And I think one of the things that we look at, too, with the local church is we know there's sustainability so if we can equip and empower and engage the local church to get engaged with orphans, to get engaged with vulnerable children and foster children, and especially even their families, then we know there's a sustainability because we're promised in, in the word. In Matthew 16, 18, Jesus tells Peter, Peter, you're the rock, and I'm gonna build my church upon that rock, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So we know that there's a long-lasting durability to the bride of Christ. God is not going to allow the church to fail. While parachurch ministries may fail, nonprofits may fail, NGOs may fail, the church will not fail. Now, it it will go through growing pains and it'll go through struggles. But the great thing is that when we plant this ministry amongst churches around the United States and around the world, we have the confidence of knowing that church may not be called the same thing forever. It may not be meeting in the same place forever, but there is a durability of the church. And so, When we talk about planting a ministry that's gonna last and last well past your involvement and my involvement and the team's involvement, and even God's usefulness of lifeline, we know that he will use this message among the local church. And And then I think about, you know, Acts 2 and Acts 4. And Peter, of course, in Acts 2 preaches this message at Pentecost. And it says that 3,000 people came to know the Lord and they were sharing goods among each other. And they were gathering together as the local church. Acts 4, we see the same posture happen. So one of the things that we just love is... it, And, and, and just... Just talk about this a bit too, Dr. Rick, is this isn't God's plan B. This is plan A for the way that he was going to care for the world. And we've seen as local churches come up and as they get engaged and get involved, especially like I think through Families Count, which you've Mm -hmm. you've led us through several great discussions with Families Count on the podcast. We see this durability. We also see this this community that rises up around these children and their families.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think, and and I'll just kind of add to what you said to say there's a there's a practicality about the church being involved as well because um, you know un, unreached, unengaged people groups, notwithstanding. Um, 80, 85% of the world has, has some sort of Christian presence. There's some, there's some element or remnant of the church. And, and so like the church is everywhere, right? And, and so when, when we purpose to care for orphans in the community, there's a practical way to say that when we do this through the church, um, like God, God has this thing put together in a way that it's it's supposed to work and it's supposed to work well. The I think one of the maybe one of the deepest crises that we've had in in conservative evangelical Christianity is is kind of this this like almost dualism or, or bifurcation between between the gospel and. And things like orphan care, justice ministry, mercy ministry—those those sorts of things—and and that we've probably many of us grown up in a world where we we heard a lot of preaching and teaching about sharing our faith and about sharing the gospel um, and and telling people about Jesus. That's which is one hundred percent correct, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not to be done to the exclusion of caring for those who can't care for themselves, mm-hmm. and and about seeking justice for those who who are who are treated unjustly, and and the reason that we seek justice for people is because we're we're in effect putting the character of God on display, and and we're showing people what the gospel looks like yeah. when when we who couldn't defend ourselves, when we who couldn't save ourselves w- were in need of a savior. Christ came and and yeah. He provided a way for us to be able to be reconciled to God and to be adopted into God's family. Yeah. When we as the church step out and care for vulnerable children, and we do it in the name of Jesus, really like all we're doing is is we're saying like we just want to act like our. Dad. Mm-hmm. Like this is who our dad is. This is what he's done for us, and this is what he's come to do for the world. And and so when the church in its own community and around the world extends itself, we don't lead away from the gospel. We lead people to 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 be like attracted and to, to see that profitably and 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 to look and to say, well, why would you extend yourself and care for children that can't help you, that can't do anything for you? Why why would you want to see these things happen and? We we want to see them because they're our father's heart. Mm. And 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 then they give us opportunities to be able to introduce people to our Father, mm. um, and and so that's you know that's fundamentally why we we want to champion this ministry through the local church because at the end of the day I think many churches are leaving on the table a really powerful tool mm. to be able to tell the world about who God is, mm. um, and and you know and and I I've often wondered if maybe one of the reasons we're struggling so much in the millennial generation. Is that we have millennials who who can read the gospels and they see that the way Jesus encountered people in relationship and the way he he lived with them and the way that he he met tangible needs in the lives of people and was concerned about about their hurts temporally and you know spiritually eternally mm-hmm. um, and they look at that and they go man that's like that's the kind of that's the kind of God I want to follow mm-hmm. but then they look at the local church at, at times and they're disappointed. Because they say, like, I don't see the church acting mm. like like Jesus did, mm. um, and this is orphan care is one of those things uh, in a, in a host of other ways that we can act the way that that Jesus act acted. I think the uh, probably the last piece of this, Herbie, is that that like this is not an option. Mm-hmm. From the, from the very beginning of the gathering of nation uh, of Israel as a nation, all the way through the forming of the New Testament church, there's been this refrain about caring for orphans. Like, and it's been particular. Mm. Um, and so, I don't think this is just like a general call to justice. I think there are there are groups of people that God has pointed out and said, care for them and care for them well, because this really mm. reflects my heart and reflects my passion for humanity. And I think that's what orphan care is when we're caring for vulnerable children. We're doing something that that God supernaturally is going to take and use for his purpose. Mm -hmm. And, and And so I think it's important for us as churches to find practical ways to give everybody in the church a way to live that out.
0: Yeah, and I think even as we talk about Jesus and his ministry, right, so many things that that pointed out were let the little children come to me. Jairus' daughter, he was about healing children and he was about making a difference in the lives of children. But he was also looking for the marginalized, the disenfranchised. And, you know, we've been walking through Luke and, you know, on Monday, we're going to talk a little bit more through Luke 18 and 19. And two of the the things that we see there are the rich young ruler. And one of the things the rich young ruler did is he separated the law, keeping the law purity from justice. And that's what got him caught Mm -hmm. is he had all this great wealth He had kept all of the table of due to others in a purity sense. But devotion to God through
1: generously giving to others, he was missing. But but in that like in that Luke eighteen nineteen passage, even there's you look at the juxtaposition of the of the rich young ruler and then and then the the blind beggar, right? And and you know here's the blind beggar and and he's sitting on the side of the road. He knows his need, right? right. And he calls out to Jesus in desperation because he knows like Jesus is only chance. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing about the blind beggar. He had a voice, right? He he had a place. He had a way to be able to speak, and I think what you know what you and I talk about all the time is we're traveling around and seeing kids around the world and, and in our own community that they don't have a voice. Nobody needs to be worried that at their church this Sunday there's gonna be a protest and, and a bunch of you know vulnerable children are gonna show up in March and, and, and ask for their due. Mm-hmm. Um and and so why it's so important for us to do what we do in the church is because they will never come to us and ask for it. Right. Um, And so that's why they need defending. And, and man, beautiful illustration in that passage. And it it just goes to show that this heart really does flow throughout all of Scripture and through the Gospels. Um, Even sometimes when kids aren't necessarily, um, you know, maybe even the point of a story, the heart is for us to, to, you know, to defend those who are voiceless. Right.
0: And you, of course, have a doctorate because we call you Dr. Rick. (laughs) And so you use big words like bifurcation, which is just the separation of the division of the gospel from social justice. But one of the things that I love a lot of times when you speak is you really like to drive home that passage that everyone looks to from the New Testament about caring for widows and orphans, James one twenty seven, and you talk about that it's
1: a call to justice and purity purity right and and like in, in the honestly like if any of us in our churches this Sunday if our pastor got up and said, Hey, personal holiness is just for a few people in the church. We're gonna we're gonna elect a committee. We're gonna have a personal holiness team, and they're like they're gonna take care of all of that all of that holiness for us. And and so the rest of us can go live any way we want to. Well, we you know we would think that the cheese had slid off the cracker <laughs> at that point, and it's you know it's time to have a have a meeting of of the minds to figure out how to get our pastor some help, right? Like we we wouldn't think that's. That's true at all. But then why do we look at the first half of James 127 and that whole thing about um, caring for widows and orphans in their affliction um, and visiting them? The words actually pastor them, shepherd them. Um, like, why do we look at that and go, man? That's optional. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not. It's not any more optional than than personal holiness and and trying to to strain and to strive to live a life and to and to beg the Spirit to to work in us and to to empower us to be able to live that kind right. of life. And and so, you know, I think, you know, first step for churches is beginning to pray and beginning to get before the Lord to say, Lord, give us what we need and Lord, empower us to care for vulnerable children in our community and around the world. God, give us eyes to see, give us hearts to, you know, to to feel and 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 Lord, show us what you've already given and invested in us that we can can take out and make meaningful mm-hmm. to help those kids. Okay. So I'm a
0: lay leader right now, or maybe not even a leader. Maybe I'm just in the pews, but God is really burdened that my church needs to get engaged in orphan care and foster care and adoption in looking at the way we're going around the world and how we're engaging with orphans as we're going to do the things that we're already involved with. How, what do I need to do? So I need to pray. Obviously, I'm praying. The Lord is continually telling me I need to go forward with my church. What's the next step, and how can Lifeline help with that next step?
1: Absolutely, I, I think there there are a, a number of possible next steps. Um, one thing I think is is just elevating the the crisis in front of the church, and so helping the church to to realize that in in a safe, secure. America that we live in we don't we don't come face to face with the orphan crisis on a daily basis but that that UNICEF tells us there are 153 million orphans around the world we know that's a number that is you know somewhat suspect because of of you know like even what goes into the calculation but we can really estimate there're probably more like 200 million 250 million kids around the world that that suffer from this kind of vulnerability um And, 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 but rather than being overwhelmed by that, really beginning to look at it and say, what are the bite sized pieces that we can, you know, that we can do? So, um, you're, you're in a church and you're saying, but I'm never going to adopt. I'm, I'm never going to foster. Well, how about helping a family that's going to adopt or helping a family that's going to foster? Um, setting up an adoption fund, helping with fundraisers for families, helping to, to provide for the tangible needs of, of foster families, wrapping around foster families to provide prayer support, to provide, you know, occasional meals, giving them a break, cutting their grass, doing doing things that are that are tangibly of, of help to them. Um, you know, leading your church to do some things to support those families. So, like Lifelines, we've produced a, cur- a, a curriculum for foster and adoptive families. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called our, our Foster and Adoptive Parent Connect Guide. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, helping your church to provide a, um, a, a forum for those families to be able to find fellowship and community together, mm-hmm. and you supporting that by doing some things like providing childcare for them or providing, you know, a meal for them while they do that could be, you know, could be great. I, I think, um, you know, Child sponsorship is another one of those areas. That's something that nearly every one of us can do. Um, and for the, you know, the, the cost of a, a, a handful of Starbucks drinks a month, we can sponsor a child um, and, and make an incredible difference in the life of a child. Um, many times actually stopping those kids from becoming orphans. So we're not just, not just talking about kids that are, that are orphaned and that we're having to go back and, and fix, but we're, we're also, you know, many in many cases, using that money to, to help to keep families together. You can go to Lifeline's website, and we have information about child sponsorship from kids um, around the world that we have an opportunity for. You can, um, you can partner with ministries like our unadopted ministry where we're able to take people who have skills and trades and, and invest them to the nation's. Um, to, to go to kids who are growing up in institutions where they're, where they're d- sort of divorced from society and starved from relationship, but they're also starved from like what a family does to, to teach their kids like the soft skills of mm-hmm. life. And so going in and helping to, helping to teach their caregivers how to care for them in a way that teaches those soft mm-hmm. skills. Going in and, and teaching them how to how to, to to do things that we by normal course teach our kids to do, like how to manage money or how to, you know, how to think logically about things, how to read a bus schedule and get from one place to another. I mean, things that we take for granted and know surely these kids will know how to do. They don't. Teaching them a trade, teaching them how to how to build things or or how to fix things or or something that would be valuable in, in their society. <clears throat> and that's not specialized orphan care work. Mm-hmm. That's carpenters going out and teaching kids how to hammer a nail straight, and that's mechanics going out and teaching them how to, you know, how to fix motors, or or masons teaching them how to how to stack bricks well and to make strong buildings. and And, and what we've been blessed to see is that God's people, you know, doing that, um, the the effect multiplies hmm. because ultimately we're able to invest that among the people of the local church wherever they are, and and then to see that bear fruit generation after generation and you know in communities so lots of different ways so i know that we've got
0: several things on the website about more specific ways that now pastors saying i'm ready next steps lots of things like i know you and whitney have done the equip to love so there's lots of resources so i guess really without going into all of them we want to be the next step for that church to help them get engaged and we've got resources and they're all free and their resources that we're willing and able to give to those churches because that's that's a component of our mission. So, how do people get in touch with these resources, and how can they get in touch with your team either on the web or in person to be able to get some of these resources in their hands and in their
1: church? Yeah, if you go under on the Lifeline website under the church tab, there's a resources tab that has a ton of things, um, articles, curriculums, things that are things that are there for the local church, but more than that we we really just we want to be personally involved with churches um, and, and so we'd love to be able to help your church to form a plan that, that really helps you fill out the missional vision that God's given you in this particular area of orphan care. So what I'd say is give us a call, shoot us an email, send us a text, wherever, however you feel comfortable, you know, communicating with us. My, my email is readily available. It's just rick.morton at lifelinechild.org. If, if you email me, um, I would be glad to, to begin a conversation with you. If you're in a church and you're saying we have a, we have a heart for orphan care but but like our pastor doesn't necessarily know what to do next great let's set up a meeting or a call or an opportunity to be able to to work with your pastor to to begin to shape a vision and and we can certainly share the tools that we have, but we're not above making tools as well. Um, if, if, you know, if there's something, if there's a need, um, and God's created an opportunity in your church, we just want to help. And, and so I would, uh, I would encourage you that that the action step from today and from this podcast is, um, begin to pray about what the Lord might do or what, what else the Lord might do in your church and, and then, um, please be ready to reach out to us, um, for, Uh, for help because we we get the privilege of waking up every day um, living in this particular world and and running in this particular lane of orphan care. And so we get to think a lot about it and we get to see a lot about a lot of different churches and and different ministries that are that are that are doing this well. And we want to bring that expertise to bear um, for your church.
0: Amen. And so a couple of things uh, before we close one, and I'm not putting you on the spot or trying to put you on the spot. And so we're not a who's who here, but if folks are going, what are churches that are doing this well, right? And, and certainly no church is doing it perfectly, but what are churches that are doing this well? You know, to my mind comes like a watermark in Dallas. Uh, what what were some of those churches? And again, we can't name all of them. But if you're going to three to four, if you wanted to go do some research or talk to a church that's doing it well, what would be those churches that you would you would say?
1: Yeah, I think and, and I think different churches do different pieces of this well. I think you know obviously Irving Bible Church would mm-hmm. be a church that I would point to with their tapestry ministry, um, Johnson Ferry Baptist Church in Atlanta, and kind of the comprehensive way that they're. You know that they're approaching this uh, Summit Church in in Durham, North Carolina, um, in the surrounding area. They do a great job of supporting adoptive and foster families and and, and mentoring mm-hmm. those families. So they're you know they're a, a a great church to reach out to. The Chapel at North Canton in Canton, Ohio, is a church that's um, that's getting involved in in tons of ways. Um, you know CrossPoint. Church in in Columbus, Georgia, is another church that's that are great friends of ours that are you know that are deeply engaged and deeply involved and 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 I, I would say um, d- definitely don't try to do this on your own. Mm. Building communities of support with other churches and and learning from other churches and and even doing this in a in a way that that you're able to be yoked together with another church. Um, particularly as you address foster care in your own community, none of us in and of ourselves in our own in, in our own individual churches are going to be able to be the answer to the problem. But together, if our churches band together and and use the mass of our people and the mass of our resources, God's given us everything we need in order to be able to address the challenge.
0: Amen. Well, I know no one is ever going to accuse you or I of running out of things to say. (laughs) So we could probably do this again and really even talk a little bit more about this partnership that we've got with Sin Relief and the North American Mission Board, as well as some partnerships have developed with uh, ERLC, the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission. And then really just to even talk about the effects, because I think we can talk about how to engage, but part of the proof in the pudding is to see these effects. And as you and I have been able to travel around the world, we've seen things in India where local churches are starting, local churches, not American movements, local churches are starting to engage with orphans and widows in their own communities, and it ends up They're rubbing noses with unreached people groups and able to share the gospel. So, so much of this is interconnected that you just have no idea once you jump into it, the effects and the ripple down. So hopefully we'll get back together and talk about the effects and some of these partnerships. And then the last thing that I just want to encourage us as we close is Dr. Rick would also love to talk to you about Orphan Sunday. That is the second Sunday in November that's been set aside to really look at orphan care and the plight of the orphan. We have tons of speakers and tons of opportunities opportunities and resources that we could help with that in January is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. We would love to also help you look at how Sanctity of Life is not just about pro-birth, but it's about pro-life and how are we caring for these kids outside of the womb. We have a mission kid curriculum that helps with VBSs and opportunities to get your church and your children engaged at a very young age with how they can get engaged with orphan care. And then, as we have talked about and will continue to talk about our Stand for Orphans campaign, which goes throughout the summer, there's ways to get your church engaged. And this is an entry ramp to getting engaged with orphan care through your local church. Well, we are excited about what God is doing through his bride, the church, and we hope that you will get your church engaged and involved in orphan care. Well, thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel to you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.